Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Joining me right now is Shaquem Rock, undefeated prospect yeah. out of Monarchy MMA in Malaysia. What's going on, Shaquem? What's up, man? What's up, man? Not much, man. Uh, before we get into all the fight stuff, uh, right now you're sitting in Malaysia, but you're from Liverpool. How did you get yeah. there? So, it's a bit of a long story, to be honest, but basically, I was back home in Liverpool, getting up to no good, getting in trouble, always getting arrested, and then uh, my brother, he works out here, so he, he just told me, he said, my brother's been out here now for eight years, so he told me, he said, look, come out on holiday, have a look at Malaysia, if you like it, come and spend some time out here, get away from the troubles back home, so come out on holiday and never left. I'm still here three years later, four years later. Four years now, yeah. <laughs> I know that you didn't train at all in Liverpool. You never really did any martial arts. What got yeah. you into martial arts when you got to Malaysia? Like, did somebody, you know, offer you a, a fight or what? What's going on with that? So, I've always been into MMA. I've always watched MMA, followed MMA. Even all combat sports, kickboxing. But what fascinated me the most was when the fights would go to the ground. And I'd be like, wow, how did he just put that fella to sleep with? You know, things like that would really get me, like... Because it's more, it's more mental than physical. Like, it's a, it's a technical battle. So, it was the jiu-jitsu that got me. So, I was walking down the street one day, looked up, seen a sign, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, monarchy MMA. So, I was just like, wow, let me go and try it. And ever since that day, I've been... That's it, being uh, doing jiu-jitsu and loving MMA. So you never left Monarchy. You started with them. You've been with them for the last three, I've, four years. I've never trained in any other gym. Maybe I spent like one day in another gym when I was on holiday, but I've never trained anywhere else other than with me coaches, Bruno, Medi, Aguilar, Camarado, JC. Just you don't. I feel a lot of people in this country, and this isn't a knock on Malaysians, but a lot of people in this country have the mentality that, yeah, you can get good in Malaysia, but you can never get past that level. And I disagree with that. I think we're doing the same what the guys are doing in America. We're doing the exact same training. We've got good coaches. We can be as good as them. As long as you've got good training partners and you're putting the hours in, it doesn't matter what country you're in. And this is the problem. Guys get good in Malaysia and then they leave the country and think, oh, I need to go to America. And then you start to see them lose fights because they're not getting the attention they were getting when they were with their coaches. I just feel the people that brought you to the dance... Why are you gonna leave them for that? Um, now let's start. Let's fast forward, man. Malaysian invasion. You started your amateur career in 2016. You went undefeated against way more experienced uh, opponents. Yeah. Within six months, you got the title. Incredible yeah. run. Put into words what 2016 was like for you. Honestly, lad. So we've got fighter training now in the gym. We've got a lot of training partners. But when I started fighter training, it was just Aguilantani, Medi Bagheri, and me. 
So these guys are middleweights and light heavyweights, and I'm a I'm a featherweight or at the time a lightweight. I was getting raped every day in the gym. Every day, sparring, he beat me up. Jiu-jitsu, he beat me up. Wrestling, he beat me up. Everything, I was just taking punishments. But at the end of six months, you see my level to everyone else's level, and and they've been training five, six years. So originally, when I heard about Malaysian invasion, I said, "Oh, I'll do that next year." And Bruno was telling me, "Nah, you're doing it this year." And I was like, "I've only been training three months because my first fight had only been training three months, bro." And all I was doing was pure jujitsu. And he was like, no, you've got a different mentality. You're stronger than these guys. You'll beat these guys. And I was like, well, if you're telling me to fight, I'm not going to say no. I'll never turn down a fight. So I just went, fuck it. Let's go. And that was it. It was just one after another, just taking them all out. Now, when you look back at it, is there any like mistakes that you made that you thought you could have fixed? Or was there any like life lessons that you got out of that year? Um, I definitely learned a lot, you know, um, I disciplined myself a bit more, I was a, I was a bit of a loose cannon at first, you know what I mean, listening to me coaches, keeping me head down, doing the right thing, and even inside the gym, like teaching the kids class, it made me grow up a bit, because I was, I was young when I come here, do you know what I mean, I was 20 and 25 now, I just turned 21 when I landed here, so, um, but the mistakes I made, I'd say training through injuries, uh, you know, was fighting back to back to back. Um, and then after you're like, oh shit, now I've got to recover these injuries. But you want to keep fighting, you want to keep making money. So I learned that how to be, how to train smarter now. I'm training a lot smarter. I'm not just like, okay, let's spar. Okay, let's spar. Oh yeah, I've got a bummed out knee, but let's spar anyway. No, I'm training a lot smarter. I'm focusing on, yeah, being in shape, but being technically sound everywhere. Stand up, wrestling on the ground, on top, off your back, on the cage. And I think some people neglect the weak the weaknesses. Like, yeah, I'm a grappler, but you think I don't go to striking classes? Obviously I do. But you see a lot of strikers don't want to go to jiu-jitsu. Or they'll do jiu-jitsu in case they get tucked down, but they don't want to wrestle. This is MMA, bro. This isn't kickboxing, you know what I mean? I, I want to be good everywhere. I want to be able to kickbox with the kickboxers, box with the boxers, wrestle with the wrestlers. So people can say, yeah, he's an all-round good fighter then. You made your pro debut after that a little over a year ago. Golden Warriors Fighting Championship won. You were the main event. Yeah. The triangle armbar in the first round. Could it have gone any more perfect? Um, honestly, I didn't want to turn professional, if I tell you the truth. I wanted to stay amateur. But if you look after Malaysian Invasion, I didn't fight for eight months or nine months. I couldn't find a fight, bro. I was looking everywhere for an amateur fight. And in the end... Someone offered me a pro fight, so I thought I might as well fight pro rather than be looking for amateur fights and not getting one. And that Joshua Q was making his pro debut, so it made sense at the time. So um, going into the fight, I knew his style. I knew he likes to brawl a bit. He's long and rangy, but on the ground, I knew I'd definitely, I'd definitely beat him. So yeah, I could have stood with him and I could have probably knocked him out or picked him off, but. If I can take him down and finish him in the first 20 seconds, that's what I'm going to do. But, um, yeah, it, it, looking back on it, it was one of the best days of my life. Like, it was, it was definitely, yeah, yeah, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah, definitely. It was a great day for you. Afterwards, yeah. you called out the legend said chai for your <laughs> boy Thai coach. <laughs> that was one of the best moments of the fight card. Uh, was that all in fun? And how did Sanchai react to that? Did he even understand what you were saying? Honestly, bro, 
when I get hyped, the scouser comes out to me, lad. And um, I was trying to speak clear so he could understand me. But he didn't understand what I was saying, bro. He was just nodding his head like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when I started doing like this, he was like, what? Lad, he must have thought I was mad, thinking like, well, I'll knock you out, lad. <laughs> but, yeah, it was all in fun, lad, you know what I mean? Um, my Muay Thai coach, Camrado, um, he's been in the game a long time, you know what I mean? And at the time, he was thinking about transitioning to MMA. A fight with Sanchai would have made sense, because they're not going to go to the ground as much. They both don't know jiu-jitsu as much. Would have been a good fight, and I thought Golden Warriors would have maybe tried to make that fight, because they... You pay them to come over. You can pay them to fight. Do you know what I mean? But never went through in the end. But it is what it is, isn't it? For sure. Two months later, you got back in right away. Golden Warriors fighting championship two. Another first round finish. Seems yeah. like a lot of the uh, these guys, they cannot hang with you on the ground. You know what I mean? How do you rate your ground game in Asia? Do you think you are one of the top guys? Um, I think honestly, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm a blue belt, but so what? This is MMA. Mm. I'm rolling with black belts every day. I'm rolling with brown belts every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to fight anyone. People go, oh, this guy's a black belt. Don't go to the ground with him. Yeah, he's a black belt, but there's levels to the game. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I am a grappler, so I'm not scared to grapple with anyone. Just like a striker shouldn't be scared to strike with anyone. Yeah, I'll stand with people. I'll stand with people, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take it to where I feel most comfortable, and that's on the ground. But the second fight against the Ernest, this guy's a good fighter, bro. This guy's tough. But I knew as soon as I put him on his back, they're going to try and scramble to stand back up. And when they do, they give the back because they don't know jiu-jitsu and they don't know wrestling. So no knock on him because he's a good fighter, but they're just not on my level. And that's what it is. It seems like you do have incredible flexibility compared to a lot of the guys. Is that something that helps you a lot in your ground game? Um, so, I think flexibility, mobility is a very important part of this game that people neglect. You know, as fighters, we beat up our body six days a week, three times a day, and then you don't want to recover and you don't want to stretch. I honestly believe range of motion is going to help you with a lot of things, with your kicks, with your, with your balance, with helping you get weird submissions. Sometimes people pass my guard and I'll invade and get a triangle from there. A less flexible guy maybe couldn't do that. But yeah, I, I believe in not only will it help me game, it'll help me longevity. I want to be fighting when I'm 35. I don't want to be sitting on sitting in bed, like getting out of bed and it takes me two hours because of my back sore. Or, you know, I'm thinking about the future as well. Golden Warriors Fighting Championship. They didn't have another show. What exactly happened to the promotion? <clears throat> well... Actually, we don't know what fully happened, but I can tell you what I think happened and rumours and what we heard. I think they ran out of money. And sadly, in Malaysia, a lot of these promotions don't want to put on pro fights because all of the other organisations end up going bust. So then they see, that, they see their blueprints and go, well, it failed for them and it failed for them. So it's hard for Malaysians to get fights in Malaysia if you're not signed to one championship. And especially... If you guys like me, Mehdi, Mustafa, Hussein, no, they don't want to fight us, bro. They're looking at us like, nah, I'm not fighting him. But, bro, these guys have been training eight, ten years and we're new in the game. So, I don't get it, me, bro. I, I really don't get it. Well, at least you got a chance to fight in the golden cage. You know, how yeah. many people can say that, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it was sick like it was. You guys should buy it. You guys should buy the cage and just put it up in the gym. I know, that's serious. 
but it, it wasn't the best cage at the bottom. It was all spiky. <laughs> it was all the wires were sticking out. <laughs> Danger. Yeah, lad. <laughs> Recently, you put up a post, you know, on social media, like you just mentioned earlier, about you guys can't get fights. Why do you believe most of the promotions won't give you a chance? Um, do you know what, bro? I'm I'm not gonna start naming names and calling people promotions out, but look, I'm looking at these promotions and they're giving fights to people that we beat, but they won't give us a fight. I'm like, lad, what are you doing? Who do you think's the real fighter here? I don't know what it is. Maybe they want to build their guys up or... Because we're coming in as outsiders. We have to go to Thailand to get a fight or we have to go to Philippines to get a fight. They've got their guys that they want to build up. So maybe they don't want to feed them to us and we just rape them. I don't know what it is. Or maybe they don't like us or they don't like our gym. I, I don't know. I try not to take it personally, but... Lad, we're here. We're training six times a day, three times... Six times a week, three times a day... We're all getting the work in. There's loads of us. So, you know, any weight class you need, we've got a featherweight, we've got a lightweight, we've got a bantamweight, we've got a light heavy. So, there's no excuse for us to not get fights. I don't know what it is. I, but honestly, I just think people are scared, bro. People are scared. They don't want to fight us. And promotions don't want to feed their best guys to us for them to lose. You had a few opportunities that did not work out with one championship and one pride. What exactly happened to those situations? So, yeah, the one championship, lad, that one, oh, it broke me heart, that, you know, proper broke me heart. So, basically, since I've been here, there's nowhere else I wanted to fight other than one championship. That's the truth, that. Because, honestly, I don't believe in cutting weight. I don't agree with it. I think it doesn't make sense. It's bad for your health. It's not only is it damaging the fighters, it's damaging their performances. I can't perform 100%. After you've just asked me to sweat six kilos, six hours, seven hours ago, it doesn't make sense. So I've always seen one championship since they've been doing a hydration test and thought that's where I want to be. So I went down to Thailand. There was a tryout there. Um, I was hitting pads. Then you've got to grapple with someone. They put me to grapple with this third degree black belt. And I ended up choking him out. Yeah, I choked him out with a guillotine and a re-naked choke. And Rich Franklin was just like, wow, laddie, who's this kid? Because I said I was a blue belt. So they've seen that and been like, nah, you're no blue belt. So they brought me down, speaking to me. And he gave me the contract, bro. So I was like, yeah, I'm proper happy. Do you know what I mean? That's where I wanted to be. But um, they did some searching through me, past history, my background, seeing my criminal records, big, maybe. And he just said, they said, it's not going to work out. They let me go. Never happened. But... You know, some things aren't meant to be. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe I'll fight outside and make make a bigger name. And when I'm a bigger name, maybe they'll be like, we don't give a fuck about you coming on record now, mate. You can come. And maybe they'll call me back or maybe I'll go somewhere else into a bigger promotion. But um, the one pride situation, that was just down to one man. That was just Paul, the featherweight champion. He's being stripped now. So me and Paul were supposed to fight. Originally, Paul was booked to fight another guy called Denny. Now, two weeks before the fight, Paul said, oh, I don't want to fight him. I want to fight a foreigner. So they brought me in. I would have been the first foreigner to ever fight in one pride. Now, loads of people were tagging Paul on my videos and pictures of me grappling and choking people out. And I just think his ass fell out. I think he <laughs> shit himself. And he thought, I'm not fighting him. I don't, I don't even know how to wrestle. And he just pulled out the fight, bro. And that's why they stripped him off the belt, because he's scared, bro. You know, you, you, you call yourself a fighter, 
and you say you'll fight anyone. But when it comes down to it, like these only want to fight fights that they can win. Where I'm the opposite. I don't want to fight. I, I don't want to fight people I think I can beat. There's no point. I want to fight guys that can that I'm going to be like, ooh, this is going to be a close one. I want them. I want fights where people say, nah, Shem's going to lose this one. Because then I can prove them. Like, look, I'm a different level. We aren't playing around out here, bro. And that's it. So due to this fact, man, it's been almost a year since your last fight. What have yeah. you been doing to keep yourself busy? I've seen you've been doing a lot of grappling tournaments. Yeah, so um, I've been grappling a lot, but I've still been doing my MMA training. I've still been I've been wrestling a lot. I've been wrestling a lot because obviously that's where I want the fight to go onto the ground. Um, honestly, if I'm honest, I don't really want to do the grappling tournaments. I'm fighting the same guys who have already beat, so it doesn't make sense for me. I'm just doing it because I wanna I wanna compete. I've got. You know, I'm starting to fucking, I'm pulling my ear out, I don't know what to do. No one wants to, I even fought a kickboxing fight. And I swear down, every time I step in the cage, I've got that fear in me. Like I'm, I'm like, it's like I'm fighting for my life. I walk into the kickboxing ring and I didn't even really want to be there. But I just done it, because no one else wants to fight me. And it was the worst performance I've ever put on in my life. I won, but it was a bad performance and it was sad. And it just made me think like, nah, I'm holding out now. Unless people want to fight me in MMA, I'm not going to fight now. The only thing you're getting me is, if someone offers me a super fight, I'll take it. Other than that, I'm not fighting unless it's MMA now. And that's my mindset. I need to make money, and I need to build my record. I want to be fighting. I want to be fighting these Martin Nguyen's and these, you know, the big names. I don't want to be fighting bums, bro. Well, now you got a fight coming up in the Philippines. You're going to take on a yeah. Chinese prospect, Chow Lee. For the, in URCC late October, what do you know about your opponent? Um, I don't know a thing about him. I, honestly, bro, I don't even care. I don't care if he's a wrestler. I don't care if he's a striker. I don't care. All I think about when I'm in there, I try to take the fight where I want it, even if that's his strongest, even if that's his strongest position. Well, then let's go there and let's see who's better. If you beat me on the day in my strongest positions, I'll shake your hand and I'll say, yeah, well, you're the best man on the day, bro. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to lose. What, what's a loss? Look at the best fighters in the world. They've all got losses on the record. I'm here to challenge myself. I'm here to better myself. I could just hold out and just fight bums and build a 10-0 record, but I'm just lying to myself, lad. There's no point. How excited are you to be able to go to your first fight outside of Malaysia? Yeah, do you know what? I've, I've been wanting to fight outside of Malaysia for the longest time because people... People think, ah, yeah, you're winning in Malaysia, but wait till you leave Malaysia and you fight real guys. Lad, I'll fight anyone. I'll go to America and fight Americans. I'll go to England and fight with the English. I'm not scared of anyone, lad. So, to me, it's just proving a point. You know, if you look on my record, every single person I fought a different nationality. So, it doesn't matter yet. They were in Malaysia, but they could have been in Alaska. It doesn't matter, bro. What are your plans for the rest of the year after your fight in the Philippines? Um, I just want to stay active. Um, I want to keep keep training, keep growing, keep improving. And I'd like to, I would like to go back and fight in one pride if you take me. It's a big promotion. I, do you know what, bro? I get so much love from the Indonesian fans, bro. And I've never even fought there. Just from that, just from the pole thing. So I think if I actually did fight there, it it level me up in terms of social media, in terms of name, and. Honestly, I don't care about name, I don't care about social media, but in this game, you have to. 
Otherwise, you don't get big fights. And that's all I want is big fights. If it was up to me, I'd delete Instagram, I'd delete WhatsApp, I'd delete all that crap, and I'd just go to the gym every day and fight, and that'd be it. But sadly, that doesn't get you good fights, so that's the only reason why I'm promoting myself on the Instagram and that. You are a Liverpool representative. Darren Till, he is also a Liverpool representative. How big yeah, is it for you to have someone like Darren Till in the forefront, you know, representing your town, your area? Yeah, lads, so for me to see these scousers, not only Darren, there's a lot of them, you know, we've got Chris Fishgold, we've got Paddy Pimlet, there's a lot of guys I could keep naming guys all day. So to see these guys blowing up on the scene, it kills me a little bit because I think, why wasn't I training in Liverpool? I should have been doing what they're doing. But at the same time, it inspires me. I want to be like them. I want to get to where they are. You know, I see some of these guys in Liverpool who are, who are doing big things, and I think I'd beat you. I'd definitely not Darren. Obviously, Darren would beat me alive. <laughs> but there's a lot of other good guys, and I think yeah, I'm happy for them. They're doing good. You know, it, it's when I, when they succeed, it's only good for me as well. Because people people know out here in Asia, I'm from Liverpool, so they see Darren and they go, "Oh, we can get this guy. Maybe he'll be a big star like Darren will be." And it'll open doors for me and give me a chance. But um. Yeah, when I lad, when I watch Darren walk out, lad, I get goosebumps, bro. And I only, I only feel that for myself or for my teammates. So it's like, it's like watching one of my teammates fight, bro. Really, it is. You do have a similar story to Darren, because Darren, he was getting in trouble in Liverpool, yeah. and he was sent away to Brazil, and he trained out in Brazil, built himself up created a name, a following for himself, and then he got signed by the UFC. And now look at, look at where he is. Basically, you are a couple of years just behind him, and you're yeah. doing the same exact thing. How do you feel about your position, man? Yeah, so w when I first heard Darren's story, I was just like, wow, lad, that's me. I swear down, that's me, except for just a, a, a different circumstances. But um, yeah, so, sometimes that's what it is. You, you know, when I was in Liverpool, I thought Liverpool was the best place in the world. And it wasn't until I... Because I'd never left my city, bro. I'd born and raised there. Yeah, I'd been out the city on holiday a few times when I was a kid, but it's not the same. When I'd left as a man and seen around me, I just realised I was just nothing but toxic around me in Liverpool. Nothing but bad influences, bad people, guns, knives, drugs. None of that's taken me nowhere but jail or death. Now when I look back, all of my friends are either dead, in jail, on drugs, or on that path to go in there. So the best thing for me that I ever did was leave. It changed me as a man, and um, it definitely helped me progress in life. I was going backwards, now I'm going forward. And I only believe in five years, three years, even two years, I'll keep going, and I, and I believe I will make it to the top. You know, I did start martial arts later in life, but look at these guys who have been training eight years and nine years, and, and, and I'm beating them, so it doesn't mean nothing. All right, man, late October, you can catch Shaquem Rock in the Philippines, URCC. He'll be taking on Chow Lee. It's going to be a crazy fight. I'm glad that you're getting back into the cage, man, and uh, good luck to you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au, for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumute Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, 
Visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumute Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast.